0: Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. Good morning. Glad that you're all here Uh, and uh, excited to be at Nichols Road two weeks in a row, which is kind of rare these days. So, uh, yay! Yay! All right, we're going to continue in our series, uh, the th- three journeys. We completed the inward uh, journey, or the teaching on the inward journey. It's something we, we, we don't complete until we get to heaven. Uh, and uh, in this middle part of the year, we're talking about the upward journey. Um, and that is really getting to know God better. It's, uh, this, the whole year is devoted to nurturing our, our spiritual growth and learning that these are just different uh, images to help us understand what it means to grow spiritually, become more Christ-like. So the Upward Journey is, is about getting to know God better, and a great verse concerning this and how this affects our spiritual growth is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 3.18. I, I did share this as an introduction last week as well, but it, it's good to understand why we're teaching through the character, the nature, the attributes of God, as a part of our spiritual growth. It says in the word of God that, so all of us who have had the veil removed, and the veil there that uh, Paul is speaking of in the context is the veil that uh, covers the eyes of Jewish believers, or Jewish uh, people, people are in the Jewish faith, when they read scripture, it's like they, they can read the scripture, but they don't see the real message that the, that the Bible is communicating because they have this veil, a spiritual veil that covers their eye. But when you come to Christ, it says that veil is removed. So those of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. That's, that's the point. We're to see God, to see his attributes, see his glory, but not just see it. We're to see it and reflect it. It says, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, <clears throat> makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Aren't you glad that it's God's job to make us more like Him? Yeah, yeah. All right, We don't make ourselves more and more like Him. He makes us more and more like him, but the way or the method, the means by which he makes us more and more like him is by showing himself. So when we see him, we reflect him, and in that process of just beholding God, we become like him more and more that's great isn't it and so uh, that's why we're looking at the attributes the different characteristics of God so that we can better see and better reflect him and today we're gonna be talking about justice Yes. come on (laughs) the justice of God God is a just God he's just God So justice is not often, you know, when you hear the term, you don't think of it. That almost sounds kind of heavy, right? Justice. God will mete out his perfect justice. Maybe I'll do a whole sermon like that. Would you like that? <laughs> I can't keep it going long enough because I, I, I have to throw in a joke. <laughs> so justice, again, it, it, is, it is like this word, it's like, oh, it's heavy, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's what people protest about. They demand justice. Well, we want to look at Scripture and find out what justice, biblical justice, is about. What does it mean that God is a just God? And there's, there's so many verses, but I just had to pick one. And this one I, I, I like because it, it really nails it. It says, for I proclaim, it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 32, uh, for I proclaim the name of the Lord, this is actually Moses, <clears throat> ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice. Righteous and upright is he. And it goes, this is the opening stanza of what is known as the Song of Moses. A lot of people don't realize Moses was a singer, he actually had a rock band. He hid in a rock, and sang about the rock of ages. Oh, he was a rock star. <laughs> 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 Woo! They're still singing his song in heaven. Think about it. They're not going to be singing Bono songs in heaven, brother. Well, maybe. Elvis. No. They're going to sing the song of Moses. They sing the song of Moses in, in heaven. It's in Revelations 15, thir- 3. It says it. They sing the song of What does they sing the song of Moses? That he is just. God is a just God. A God of truth and without injustice. All of his ways are justice. Okay, all of his ways. That means everything that God does and how God does everything is just all of his ways are justice and he's that way because he is is he does because he is completely without justice he is righteous so because his character his nature is without injustice and is righteous in every way everything he does and how he does everything is just and with justice and righteousness we as humans can be good we can have uh, we can aspire to be righteous but even the best person alive will at times act in uh uh discord with their intentions or their desires right we we can be a good person but for whatever reason we make a bad choice we can be a a righteous person we can be serving god wholeheartedly but in the heat of a moment we can give in to temptation or anger bitterness Right? Uh, but God never behaves that way. He never, be- he, never, he never makes a mistake. He's always just. He's always righteous. Everything he does because it, it, it flows from who he is perfectly. There's no disconnect between God's internal nature, as it were, and his external deeds. Uh, he acts just because he is just. His, his behavior is never inconsistent with his character and so getting to know his character helps us under, understand his behavior and so if god is just if, if god is justice then we need to know what this word means all right so let's just look at some definitions both in the old testament <clears throat> hebrew and aramaic uh, language the word for justice and in the new testament mostly written in greek Um, uh, the word for just or justice is identical or synonymous with the word for righteousness or righteous. In fact, uh, the definition of the word for just or righteous will have the opposite word listed in the definition. It's, It's interchangeable words. And basically, it's up to the translator. In fact, if you look at numerous translations, in one translation, it'll use just, and another translation, it'll use righteous. another translation, another way to to translate it, is fair. All right? And so this is what, oops, this is what the words mean. Uh, Justice is often, or most often, especially in our day, in our context of the word, is used of the exercise of authority in vindication, of right by assigning reward or punishment. Okay? So we think of justice in that it's the right use of authority to either um, punish people who have broken the law or done a crime or reward someone who deserves because of their uh, right behavior, good behavior, upstanding behavior. So it's the exercise of authority. And it does mean that justice is the exercise of authority, but it it goes beyond that. Uh, In the dictionary, the word simple, just looking it up in the dictionary, it says the quality, so this is not something that's done, this is a quality that one possesses, is uh, being just, being righteous, just, righteous, interchangeable words, but also equitable and morally right. And I want to emphasize this idea of equitable. Um, Justice... Or just means to be and to behave with uh, equitable. To just means equitable. It means to behave with um, equity. equity? Uh, equitable? 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 Equity is a financial term. That's not what we're talking it's, about. It's related. It's related. To behave with equity. It basically, it means to treat everyone Equally. equal. Equal. Thank you. All right. It's to treat everyone equal. I like the word fair uh, because that's how we—that's the most common word that we use today. Uh, inequity and iniquity not only sound the same, but they are the same word. Okay. And in fact, the uh, again also in Hebrew and the Greek, iniquity can be translated inequity. Uh, it's from uh, the Latin word, uh, iniquity is from the Latin word, Uh, iniquitata, iniquitata, my son is a Latin student, uh, which means unequalness, or injustice, or from another Latin word, which means unjust or unequal. (laughs) All right. And so iniquity, which we are all should be familiar with, the term that usually is in reference to sin, is at its root unequal. Well, why, why would that be connected? <clears throat> Any and every time you commit a sin, whether it's a sin against someone or even a personal private sin, the reason it's, it's, it's bad is because in the act of sinning, you are mistreating someone. You are violating Equality. You're violating justice. Because in that act, and I would say even if it's a secret sin that no one knows about, you are robbing someone of the strength of character and the position you hold of influence in their lives. All right? so, and especially if you outwardly sin, then you are robbing them of social support communal support, family support to help them succeed in life, you are robbing yourself of justice and that you're mistreating yourself because all sin is destructive behavior and has destructive consequences. All All sin has destructive consequences. Maybe little consequences, but those little consequences add up. This is why God doesn't like sin is because it hurts people, it hurts you. And it's, in, it, it, it's, it's injustice because that hurt costs you and it costs others, All right? We live in community, we live in family. And so iniquity is inequality and it's injustice. And that's why this, the words are so closely uh, knit together. And for me, it helps understanding this what this... Uh, this idea of God's perfect justice is, as well as what we're called to in refle- seeing and reflecting that attribute with God. So treating everyone equally means not having favorites. And God's word says very clearly in Romans, but also in numerous other places, for God does not show favoritism. All right? what's um, <clears throat> uh, uh, oh, the, oh, oh, the King James way to say that. God is no respecter of persons, all right? So God doesn't treat one group of people differently than he treats other type of people. And I tell you, a lot of people think he does, all right? That's because you've got bad theology. (laughs) You need to dig deeper. God actually treats all people with the same rule, the same uh, uh, line, the same mercy, as well as the same justice. He is constant, he is consistent, and he doesn't show favorites. Um, If we accuse God of treating us unfairly, if in the heat of the moment we... We blame God for something, and we, we're crying out. We're actually accusing God of iniquity, not just injustice, because injustice inequity is iniquity, all right? And so we're saying, God, you're sinning against me, all right? If in anger uh, we just, uh, uh, you know, uh, or the heat uh, of, of, of suffering and enduring uh, something, we blame God, we're challenging his justice. We're challenging his character. All right, um, and, and in actuality, uh, God is fair, and I believe that it's in those moments where we're challenged to blame God, it actually is there for a purpose to drive us closer to God, because if we go to Him, we'll find out He's actually fair, and it's life that isn't fair. Okay. And the Bible is very clear about that, all right? And so, uh, are you hearing what I'm saying? That those circumstances, those moments where it seems like you're suffering something that's not fair, and you're tempted to blame God, or or, or to accuse God, it actually is to force you to realize uh, where is that iniquity coming from. And it's not God, it's, it's, this life that we're living and the Bible has clearly told us that the world isn't fair. It's broken. It's under a curse and it's under a curse because of us. All right. The whole story of the Bible, in fact, is the story of reconciling the injustice of the world and life to the justice of God. Think about that for a minute. God, in order to communicate, in order to, to, to explain to mankind how this all works and how God's justice can be put back together with the injustice that we see in the world, God didn't just, you know... Uh, say, a line or two, he actually took the history of humankind, he created a nation from the descendants of a man named Abraham, and followed their story through thousands of years, and then the birth of Christ, and the thousands of years of history of the followers of Christ, uh, and the message that has uh, come through the gospel. So for thousands upon thousands of years, God has used human history to tell the story of how his intention and how his purpose of reconciling his justice, his equality, to the injustice of humanity. All right, That's, that's a root core message of Scripture. And I think, I think I know, uh, that in our day, and frankly, for much of the ch- history of the church, the church has really missed this as one of the primary themes of Scripture, that justice is, justice for all people is the primary theme of Scripture, all right? It's the primary purpose of why Christ came, all right? is to administer justice for everyone. And, and we miss it because we see righteousness and we think of just this idea of personal sanctity or, 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 or overcoming personal sin. But that's just like step number one to the bigger Injustice of the breakdown of society and the um, the um, um, uh, taking being, people being taken advantage of, slavery, and all the different things where injustice is blatant, and God says there's a way to respond to injustice, and this is the way. All right, but it is a major, major theme throughout Scripture, and we need to learn how to live out the justice of God so that we can bring about transformation, not only in our lives and the lives of those around us, but in, in people who are suffering injustice all over the world. So our whole Christian walk, this journey that we're talking about, is about applying this, this idea of reconciling God's justice, His perfect uh, equality and rightness uh, uh, to a world that uh, is failing so uh, Uh, dramatically in that very thing all right that's what Christianity is about that's what being a Christian is and this is something that has actually been a struggle throughout all of the history of of uh, the uh, people of God and we have an example a great example from Ezekiel one of the major prophets uh, speaking to the people of Israel he says yet the house of Israel says the way of the Lord is not fair so the prophet's saying, hey, this was happening. People in Israel were claiming that God's not treating them fair. God, you're not fair. Oh, and this is what the prophet's response was. O oh, house of Israel, people of God, is it not my ways which are fair and your ways which are not fair? <laughs> okay. He says, excuse me, wait a minute, let me, point, let me clarify this, people. I'm actually the one that's being fair. You're the one that's not being fair fair. You're living in iniquity, inequity. Therefore, I will judge you. Okay, so now I'm going to actually determine what's right and wrong here. O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, says the Lord. Now, I love that when God points out judgment, when God communicates his justice, when he says what's fair and what's not fair, he also communicates the way to get right. All right, because that's his goal. Every man, woman, and child would be restored into right relationship and become equal standing with one another in his presence. Repent, turn from all of your transgressions so that iniquity, inequity, injustice will not be your ruin. Because when you live in that way, when you live in iniquity, it will end up ruining you. Listen, can't we see this in society? When there's inequality, when there's injustice for a people group, for, for, for an economic, uh, people in a certain economic status, racial status, uh, uh, ethnic status, just because of the way they look, the way they act, and they're treated unfairly, they're treated with injustice, it ends up crushing the entire society. Yeah. Because society can't, because that's, it's like, it, 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 It's crumbling of society. All right? Uh, And he says, it'll ruin you. Repent. Change your mind about, start behaving differently. Uh, Turn away from breaking those uh, 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 laws and and treating people improperly. Those are, that's what he means by transgressions. Cast away uh, from you all the transgressions which you have committed and get yourself, and this is a New Testament promise, it's quoted in the New Testament, a new heart, and a new spirit, all right? So why do we need a new heart and a new spirit? Because we've been living unfairly, and we need to come and live like God, who lives fair and lives with equality, treating everyone with equality. Uh, <clears throat> get yourself a new heart and a new spirit, for why should you die? If you don't get a new heart a new spirit, if you don't start living in uh, righteousness, in justice, with equity, then it will lead to death, All right? And he said, "Oh, house of Israel, I have, this is God speaking, God has no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord. Therefore, turn and live. Turn and live. God doesn't want to see anyone end up suffering the consequences of their wrong behavior. He gives them a way out and he even empowers that way through his mercy and through his grace. All right, I gotta keep going. How can a just God allow? God is so just, so good, so pure. How can he allow injustice? Well, this is the point. It's not his injustice. He's not being unjust. It's our own injustice that we suffer. And maybe not you personally, but maybe you're suffering the injustice of those that you live with or live around? Well, just think about it, aren't you? I mean, I thank God every time I hear a news report of what's going on in places like Syria, or uh, wow, you don't realize this. I was just up at the Partners in Harvest Conference in Ukraine. Uh, That We have a lot of churches in Ukraine. I was in Toronto, but we have a lot of leaders from the Ukraine. and uh, they've lost everything, and they showed video of the actual war that's happening. It's a full-on war in Ukraine against Russia, okay? It's not on the TV. with the tanks, uh, uh, those rocket things, and buildings being blown up, and uh, it's just not even on the news, because I don't know why. It's not, in, it hit the news cycle in its past, but there's actual war bombing. Uh, one of our churches is only, uh, uh, a few uh, miles away from the front line, like 20 miles away, and you can hear the bombs going off. Right? Uh, or Syria, where these kids are being uh, 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 poisoned by poison gas used by their own government. You know, this is horrible. This is injustice on a scale that we can't even comprehend. Uh, uh, and so they're not suffering. It's not their kids' fault. It's the suffering, They're suffering injustice because of the injustice of those around, usually greed or, or corruption in, in business and in, in government in so many levels of uh, area. A generational inequality. Isn't it weird that some places in Afghanistan, for example, for as long as recorded history that we have of that region, there's always been tribal warfare. There's never been a time of peace in that place, the part of the country, part of the world that's called Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> ever and all those countries could have to go in and try to make peace i mean uh there's wars in places for hundreds and hundreds of years generation after generation of violence because uh, they just inherit the war right. and they don't even remember what the war was for eventually that's injustice that's something god is against and the people suffer the penalty, suffer the consequences of other people's iniquity, or inequity of treating people improperly. And then there's demonic influence that comes in and urges it on, urges it on and influences people to treat other people with injustice. Uh, all the people caught in <clears throat> sexual sin or sex trafficking and, and, uh, and slavery in our world today, it's, it's unbelievable. Injustice... The fact that injustice exists in the world does not disprove the existence of a just God. Right? It doesn't. Evil does not prove that God doesn't exist. In fact, injustice reveals that there is a standard that is not being met, and that standard is God. The very reason that we're, we, are, we are created with an innate sense of justice is that we are created in the image of God. And the cl- easiest way to understand this is little kids i was just with a couple, uh, with a a, a mom and, and, her, and her three kids the two boys are about the same age and the whole time we were in this meeting the two boys were arguing about that's not fair okay he did it i didn't do it he left the toy out i didn't leave the toy out i mean the whole time it was an hour hour and a half <laughs> you know and mom's being a good mom and i'm just kind of smiling Because they didn't have to teach the children fair. You don't have to teach kids that. They know it innately. Because we're born with an innate sense of... And why? How? How could this be true if there's not a standard that is fair? All right? So the existence of evil means that we are born with the knowledge that that evil is wrong. And the only answer to that is that there must be good. And that good is God, who is perfect justice, all right? Uh, It's okay, listen, it's okay to cry out and plead for a deliverer. It's okay even to get angry in the midst of suffering. Do you realize that the biggest book in the Bible is Psalms? It's It's a collection of poems, mostly of songs, that were sung in worship services in the, in the old, uh, throughout the history of the church and the people of Israel. But do you realize that one out of three of them are songs of lament? Okay, and the word lament could be translated complaint. <laughs> Can you imagine? Get a, oh, God, we're so upset that you treat us with disrespect. <laughs> You know what? Bethel music, they just don't do that, right? Jesus culture. Oh, why have you left us forsaken? Beaten down and broken. Nobody buys those albums. <laughs> and the reason it's in Scripture is because it's, it's, a fa- it's a reality of life. But you need to go beyond Blaming God and realizing God say, "Hey guys, I'm trying to rescue you from that." Cry out for a deliverer, and most of the psalms end up going, "I've seen, ah, now I've seen, now I realize that you're actually the deliverer. You're the way out from the suffering." But God's not like Superman, all right? Remember Superman? Yeah, comes flying down, right? The whole point of Superman is. Something bad, something something bad's gonna happen. And out of the sky, he just swoops in and rescues someone and everything's good. Well, the thing is, people want God to be like Superman. Uh, Superman leaves everybody alone until there's a crisis and then intervenes, all right? That's not how God works, all right? That's unrealistic and ultimately unhelpful. Because one, he doesn't want to leave you alone. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you every day and every moment of your life so that you live in intimacy with him, all right? And when you do that, you'll find that he's right there with you if you're going through a hard time. He may deliver you out of it, show you the way out of it, or demand that you change through it so that you can become better. Ultimately, if God just acted like a cosmic Superman, he would end up with a very uh, spoiled human race, all right? Because we wouldn't have to take responsibility of anything. He actually wants to train us uh, and, and, and transform us into being uh, people who uh, influence our ourselves our families our society, communities our society to to live justly all right um, <clears throat> God will sort out or deal with all injustice. I believe this i don 't have time to expand on this, but um, I believe that every injustice, whether it be a tiny little lie that you uh, say, or, or the treason that some commit, or the, uh, the heinous crimes of, of millions being killed by Hitler and, and, and Stalin and other people like that, every injustice, every injustice, somehow in, the, in, the, in God's time, in God's way, he will uh, deal with, he will address. <clears throat> in the fullness of time but we don't really know how that's all going to work out we just know that his character demands it and he will most people really demand justice for others when they feel like they've been offended but boy when they're the one who've committed something wrong they plead mercy eh? <clears throat> you know it's easy to plead for uh, demand justice unless you're the one that's has committed wrong and then you then you want to demand mercy uh, but for God, those two things are not contradictory. Okay? Justice and mercy are not separate commodities with God. Uh, and this is, a, if you haven't taken advantage of it, you can go online and hear A.W. Tozer teach through all these attributes of God, or you can read his book, The Attributes of God. A.W. Tozer says, God is love and the whole of God is love. God is just and the whole of God is just. God is not made up of different compartments. God doesn't one day choose to operate out of justice and then in a different set of circumstances become overcome with mercy. All right? God is not compartmentalized. We kind of struggle through life because we're fractured and we're we're broken and we're trying to put things back together. But for God, he is one entity. He's not part justice, part mercy, and he he does figure out which one to apply. In his justice, his mercy is revealed. In his mercy, his justice is revealed. Okay, it's not one or the other with God. It's always both, completely. He's always just. He's always merciful. He's always true. He's always gracious. Someone once posed a question about, is God angry? I said, God is always angry. true. He doesn't change. He's always angry and always loving. And for him, it's not a problem. The idea for us is a problem. You You have to reconcile this idea that God is angry. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. God is loving and merciful. Behold what love the, God, uh, the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the, the sons of God. Has God changed? No, God can't change. Hmm. So It's not like a judge enforcing a law. You may be hearing a case, and the judge goes, I have compassion on this person, and this guy's a nice guy. He's probably just in a bad situation, a bad upbringing. But you know, the law is the law, and I have to enforce it. Because the judge is the servant of the law, but God is the, judge of, uh, is the servant of no one and the judge of all. <laughs> God doesn't serve justice. God is, doesn't, this is a phrase, you know, justice demanded that God punish Jesus. No, justice did not demand. any. Justice can't demand something of God. If God has to answer to a, a thing called justice, then we've just put something outside of God that God answers to, and therefore we have another God. Okay? Justice is God. God is justice, and he acts according to his character. Okay? Does that make sense? All right, think about that for a few decades, because it takes a while to figure out. <laughs> uh, the attributes of God do not clash with one another. They actually complement and enhance one another. All right. God's mercy does not compete with His justice, or His justice, uh, justice without mercy. Justice without mercy is not just. Okay, it's tyranny. God can act in mercy and pardon a sin, and, and still maintain justice because injustice is allowance for mercy. And he knows how to balance that perfectly. God can condemn the wicked and be consistent with his justice and not nullify the fact that he is merciful because he's treating people according to their sin. And they haven't uh, taken uh, his advice on how to get out of that sin. And so there is a point. To never punish iniquity, to never punish uh, transgression is not just or loving. Right? Right? I mean, parents know this. There's a point where you hate, we'll just let it slide, let it slide. Then we need to call them to the line. You know what? For their sake, not for some standard, but for either? their sake. You know, And not because it's irritating us. That's how we usually, we usually punish our kids when we get sick and tired of it. God never gets sick and tired of it. He will treat you fairly to the very end, even if you reject him to the very end. he'll honor your request. God has the wisdom to know when and how to balance justice and mercy, to enable all things to work together for good for those who love him. If you're in a relationship, it's going to work together for good. If you resist relationship, if you resist his mercy, if you run away from his mercy, if you violate his mercy, eventually the justice will uh, have consequences in your life. We rarely have the wisdom uh, to balance justice and mercy and faith is trusting god through the process when we're enduring uh stuff that is uncomfortable or painful i gotta i gotta move on uh god is just <clears throat> this is really the main point i love this in that he treats us equal to himself not only does that does god not play favorites he doesn't even favor himself over us in fact God treats you better than he treats himself. Okay? Equitable, to be just, is that I'm going to treat you equal to myself. But if I treat you better than I treat myself, that's actually sacrificial. Okay? That's giving up my rights for your benefit, even though you don't deserve it. And this is best seen in the life of Jesus Christ. This is where we see the righteousness or the justice, or the equity of God shining forth in its most brilliant expression. Because God in Christ, the only true innocent man, because he was God in human form, suffered complete injustice. All right? God doesn't ask you to suffer anything he hasn't already suffered a million, a billion times more. Do you hear that? so when you're crying out and suffering realize god's already suffered it much more than you could possibly imagine and i believe he's suffering it with you because he walks with you through the shadow of the valley of death on the day of judgment no one will be able to accuse god of not being fair because Jesus suffered the punishment for all iniquity, for all injustice, for all humankind. When he was on the cross, he not only bore it in his body, but he bore it in his spirit. The shame and the guilt of every sin, every injustice, every, uh, every experience in, in the, in, that, would, that would be translated sin the punishment of it, the weight of it, the shame of it, the guilt of it, Jesus took upon himself, and he didn't deserve any of it, all right? And so no one will be able to accuse God of being unjust because he's saying, I sacrificially bore all of that. I took your punishment so that you wouldn't have to, and I've given you a way to get out of that lifestyle so that you can live free, not only from the punishment, but from the inequity and the inequity. To walk clean and pure, to be like him. The verse we opened up with. So how does a just God allow injustice? He personally suffers through it. We saw it in Jesus. all right. And I believe that he personally experiences suffering. If there's a child that's starving to death right now, God feels that pain as much as that child does. I don't, but he does because he loves that child as much as he loves me. Does that make sense? And God is waiting for a time, and there will be a time where he will come and execute a verdict. You know, God's perspective is eternal. Ours is immediate. We want it solved right now, but that's the Superman approach. God's got a bigger plan, and that's going to result in... far greater good for everyone involved, all right? So how should this shape your, our spiritual growth? <clears throat> Understanding that God's justice and mercy works flawlessly together to produce ultimate goodness should give us hope in the midst of, of, uh, of suffering, should give us patience and faith when we see other people suffering, and hopefully motivate us to in, in, intervene to reflect God's attribute Uh, of justice in the lives of others we are to be his ambassadors or his representatives of righteousness reflecting this attribute means we treat everyone with a god-shaped balance of justice and mercy we learn how to do it it's not easy but that's the goal we keep looking at how god does it and we and we reflect that character Uh, we don't show favoritism but rather we pour out favor on everyone just like God does. He causes the sun and the rain to fall down on the good and the wicked, all right? Jesus displayed this attribute through suffering, so even if we're called to a season where it's hard, uh, we can look to Jesus, and he can share with us his victory and how he prevailed. Um, Ultimately, the, the famous verse from Micah, so what does the Lord require of you but to do justly? This is the call of following god living like god is to treat people with equity fairness and to implement to love mercy in the midst of living with justice and requiring justice and working for justice we also love mercy we love forgiveness we love uh, seeing people set free and to walk humbly with our Uh, with your God. We have a short video from a popular author that I really like. Uh, He brings a little bit uh, extra to this, but it's the same thing. He also kind of brings a little more application. So we're going to close watching this video. And love and power. The of God is about the power of love. So that video isn't really talking about uh, a political orientation because he said it can be compared with any political regime or system. and and the difference between the love of power or the power of love and the kingdom of god is about the power of love god's mercy is powerful enough to transform us so that we align actually with his justice and so that and that we can then cause a transformation in our community that it also reflects the justice or the righteousness or the equity uh, of god and that brings about his deliverance so you know if the Ultimately, we need to apply this personally, and it has implications in every other realm of our life. Uh, But the place that you encounter the justice and the mercy of God best, or most, or most clearly is in the person of Jesus Christ on the cross. And if you have not come to the place where you've recognized that Jesus dying on the cross is not only uh, where God's mercy and justice meet for the world, but for me that he took the penalty of my sin, and you've come to the place where you've confessed him as your Lord and you believe that that payment actually makes you right with God. That's called faith. Uh, You can do that today. It's not a difficult thing. It's simply coming to the place and realizing that you can't be righteous, you can't be just without God's help, and that God's mercy has been provided through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ.